It's a brand new Welcome day, to and we're putting the this is just in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair, and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing a story with you for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. But I'm just so tired of the, of the, always the same decor. So today I chose another decor for you. You have a new book out. It's called Own It, The Secret to Life. It's a really fun, inventive, innovative way of doing things. You're, you're, you're basically going alphabetically with your thoughts on the words that mean a lot to you in language. Tell me how this book came about. How did you decide to do this this way? All right, so this it, it all started with, uh, you know, people always ask me, uh, what did you, you know, when you were growing up, what did you want to do? <clears throat> and I always say, well, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I knew the kind of woman I wanted to be. I wanted to hmm. be a woman in charge. And then uh, I was lucky. I became a woman in charge because of a little dress. And later... People would say, who are you dressing? Who is your muse, your, the DVF woman? And I would say, the woman in charge. Now, the woman in charge for me as a young girl meant a woman who was independent, who could pay her own bills, who could decide what she wanted, and who could have a man's life in a woman's body. And I was very lucky to become that woman. And... As I became <clears throat> that woman, I, 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 my purpose and my goal was to make other women, women in charge. So the in charge kind of umbrella was always over me. And, uh, but I didn't really, really realize when I had my big exhibition, 40 years of a wrap dress, of the dress, the journey of the dress, I had a big in, in neon sign and I have a big in neon sign in my store, but I never really thought about it too much. And two years ago for International Women's Day, which I always celebrate, I always do a lot of events in my, in my headquarters. We do debates and things like that. I decided to turn in charge into a movement because some people may think that to be in charge is an aggressive statement towards men or in general, but it's not. To be in charge is first and foremost a commitment to ourselves. It's owning who we are. We own our imperfection, they become our asset. We own a vulnerability, we turn it into strength. So the publisher had come, a publisher came to me and say, we would love to do one of those small books that are full of advices for your <clears throat> for our audience because we do really well. People use them as gifts and they're very, very, very popular. And you people quote you all the time. They quote you what you what you say. And therefore we would like you to do a book. So originally the book was supposed to be uh, in charge. And so then I said, okay, I will do it. I love it. Because I love to give advice at this point of my life, you know, I it's it's important to me to use my voice, my experience, my knowledge, my connections, and my resources in order to help other women to be the women they want to be. And so I started to do the book, and then I realized that everything I wanted to say 
always going went back to owning it. Like being in charge is really owning it. So I decided to call it Own It, The Secret to Life. So I started writing it in prose. And I mean, you know, like a normal book. And I remember the first sentence was going to be, um, um, we cannot choose our parents, right? And because I wanted to be provocative, because if you tell anyone, we cannot choose our parents, it takes you back, you think about it. I mean, it, it makes you think, right? And the whole purpose of this book is to make you think. And, uh, and, and therefore, it's also when you realize you do not change your parents, it's the first realization that you have to own it. And, uh, and then as I was writing it in prose, I found it a little, I mean, who am I to give advice? You know, I found it a little condescending and I hate to be condescending as I hate to be condescended upon. And so I thought I have to find another format. So I took a book and each page was a letter of the alphabet. And I started listing the words that spoke to me and some words that don't speak to me by letter. And that's when I decided to make the book as a small, like a dictionary. So I, I choose those words. So sometimes it's a, it's a definition, my own definition, small and short. Sometimes it's a little longer and sometimes it's an anecdote. Voila, so I told you everything and here's the book. <laughs> You see, it's like this, for example, is the letter L and you have all the different words and it is beautifully illustrated. Yeah. But, yeah, it's beautiful. You mentioned turning your vulnerability into your strengths and your, your flaws and imperfections into your assets. How do you go about doing that? I mean, I think Jess and I joke all the time on, on the show that we're very self-aware. Like we know what our flaws are. Like I, I'm, I could probably list them out and be okay, like, well, what, okay, work okay. Let, let's, let's say, what are your flaws? I am moody. I can be um, distant. I'm a little bit aloof sometimes, um, but I'm also very compassionate and empathetic as well. So, but I can okay, come across so as a little bit aloof. So if that. you are moody and moody is a good one. If you are moody, then I would say, okay, I am moody. So I'm embracing my mood and I'm sharing them. And then you could say, you could start your show and you say, today I am blue, you know, yeah. and then focus it. And then all of a sudden it makes it exciting because they may, they, part of your audience may be blue too. So what I try to say it's always good, even when you when you sell or you make a negotiation or anything, it's always good to, if the others have a preconceived idea about you, if you bring it out first, then you neutralize it. Oh. But what I really meant is like, for example, curly hair, right? I, I hated having curly hair. I grew up in Belgium where everybody has blonde, blonde, blonde hair with bangs and I felt so different and I felt alien until the day much later that you know uh I was well I, I talk about it in the book I could I read loved it. this story yeah you want me to read that story oh yeah <laughs> sure okay so 
for your audience, we will say that it is under the letter H. H is after F, yes? Okay, H. I thought it was so wildly ahead of its time. We've had so many political conversations about hair now. It was funny to listen to your experience from years ago and realize, oh, this is just timeless. Okay. Anyone with curly hair will understand that stuff. Hair is our most valued head decoration for which we spend extraordinary amounts of time and money. As a young girl in Belgium, I hated my dark curly hair. All the other girls had long, blonde, straight hair, and mine was unmanageable, especially with the constant Brussels rain. I spent long hours ironing it and avoiding humidity. At 28, at the peak of the success, I had my picture taken by my friend Ara Galan, a photographer and previously a hairdresser, for the cover of the interview. My hair was long and straight and I felt beautiful. As we finished, he took a water spray and started wetting my hair. What are you doing? I screamed. I was horrified. Ara was smiling, reassuring me what we already had the cover, but insisting he wanted to try something else. I surrendered and posed for another 20 minutes while my hair, my wet hair was drying, naturally revealing its curls. A few days later, he proudly proposed to the magazine two cover club uh, trials, one with straight hair and another one much wilder with my wet curly hair. The wild one won with enthusiasm. And since that day, I have worn my hair the way nature intended. I realized curly hair was who I was. Whether I liked it or not, I had to own it. Like a rite of passage, this acceptance of myself changed my life. I love that story. I, just, I can, can, so I can connect to that deeply. Uh, of um, course. I used, to, I used to have straight, long um, extensions. And I felt like, you know, I sort of convinced myself it was easier. This is easier to, to manage. Um, but also I felt, especially now reflecting back, that I looked like everyone else. Like it, you know, yeah. that, you know, extensions can only look, uh, you know, so different, especially if they're just straight and black. Um, and so now I, I am my natural hair, how it grows naturally. Um, and I just, I, I think it's my person just always says like, I, you know, I, it's just, fits me so you much You look like better. your personality yeah, now. I look like my personality now. Match. Yeah. The, tr the truth is you meant it. You meant to have curly hair. The volume is meant to be for you. And, and it's really not about that so much. In as much as it is about, I mean, it's like you have a big nose. Okay, oh, you hate your nose. But the truth is the minute you accept your nose, I mean, it's part of your personality and it's attractive. And it's all about the relationship with yourself. It's all about accepting who you are, making the best of who you are for sure, but accepting who you are. That honestly, that feels like a, a DVF piece to me. Like that feels like like buying your clothes, like wearing your clothes. Your, your clothes are not about um, torturing yourself into something that you're not with lots of fashion is that, and that's fine. That stuff can be beautiful too, 
but like the wrap dress is is iconic feminist fashion because right, literally every woman can wear it. You and see, it for, for DVF, it's the woman first. I we I and the designers who work with me, I teach them. We put the woman first. It has to be comfortable. It has to be. When I first started with my little dresses, other designers said, what is this? What is this little thing? They didn't understand it. But when women wore it, automatically it, it awoke their body language. And if you want to be attractive, it's about the eye contact, the smile, and the body language. And those dresses made you feel strong and it, but you showed your body in a, in a very attractive way so true and they worked in any workplace it was it was the kind like women could move women have a hard time moving between spaces we we dress very differently when we're being mom than we do when we're being boss than we do when we're being friend and your clothes kind of help us move between do you think about that stuff when you're designing or is that just oh, what oh, comes no. out uh, in the women? It's, always, it's always the woman first. Therefore, first and foremost is the, the fabric. The fabric always has to feel soft. It has to embrace the body and feel comfortable. Then what we do with the fabric, you either dye it in beautiful colors, and we have a, a bank of amazing colors, or you print it with a beautiful print, with a beautiful color combination. We have a huge library of prints by now, about 15,000 prints. And then it's the silhouette. And the silhouette is, you know, women, when they buy clothes, they really buy it according to their morphology of their body. If they have a waist, they love wrap dresses, right? They love to show their waist because they have a waist. If they are not so comfortable about their waist. They would like a shirt dress or a fluid dress, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then if they really love to show their body, it's the body dresses. And so it's very important that in the collection or in the store, we always offer these three body, um, body types. And, uh, and then, of course, you start making the silhouette and then you use all the old fashioned secret of dressmaking that just a little shirring here, a little shirring here that hides this, that helps on your stomach. And that is for me is the most, the most important thing is always to put the woman first. I love that. Um, so one of the questions I wanted to ask you today is just how you've been doing your day-to-day -day in, in the pandemic. I mean, I think, you know, we've, we've talked to a lot of people this year and everybody is in different circumstances, but we're all living differently than we were um, just a year ago. Um, and none of us could have known what this would yeah. be. Yeah. Um, how has it been for you? Well, I am lucky because uh, when I was 27 years old, about this house in the country, so I have a garden. And so the first thing I did, I say, oh my God, the world, I went home, you know? And I am lucky that I, I mean, this is my home, this is where my children grew up, this is where my, you know, my grandchildren come. So this is my home. So I was lucky to be home. But other than being home, I, since 
since we were in the forest pause, I made sure that I would own it, right? And therefore, mm -hmm. I would take the time to think about what matters most in my life, what matters most in my business, since, you know, businesses are changing, that it now is the moment to reset the business models. So actually, in a very weird way, this year, we, and then I wrote a book. I wrote a book during yes. I wrote a book during COVID. And that also, you know, I had started it before, but I really wrote it uh, during COVID. And that, again, added another dimension of depth and yeah, of depth, really, in the book, in the definition of words. Also, I love words. You know, words have power. Words mm -hmm. have energy. And if you use words correctly, you have visualizing your intention and you, you have visualizing making things happen. So it was an ideal situation to write this book. Now, unfortunately, it also makes me incredibly sad because it's been really difficult for people. Not everyone has a garden. Not everyone has a roof. And furthermore, it has been a horrifying, horrible year for domestic violence. And that is something yes. that really touches me. Do you know that, the mo you know what the most dangerous place for women, for women to be in, in the entire world is? At home. Yeah. Home with their partner. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, pretty, that's, we've seen that. that's devastating because when you hear that way, it's just, it's just devastating. And, and in every country, yeah, in France, you know, which is supposed to be, you know, so educated and terrible, terrible. I, we're going to, we, I mean, we need to talk more about that. We need to talk more about what's happening with women in the workplace. We need to talk about the women dropping out of the workforce. I, we're we're going to be digging out of this for a, a really long time. Um, and I think we don't know what the next thing looks like, but no. I think a lot of women are spending time trying to figure out how right. we want to come back to the world. So I, I did want to ask you, what do you think happens to fat, to clothes now? Like I know so many women who are, I am never putting on a pair of heels again. I am never putting on and like, I know a lot of women who don't want to get out of set, like soft pants and sweatpants forever. Do we, do we well, keep dressing? Like, what happens? You know, I don't. Well, <laughs> first of, first of all, None of us, no one expected this, right? I mean, this was that the fact that the entire world was stopped and wear masks. I mean, who would have said that, right? So, so then we it, it, first it has to make us feel humble that we cannot that we cannot decide everything. So the only thing we can really do again is owning it and be ourselves be ourselves at all time. And uh, the two things that happened with the pandemic, everybody got closer to nature or got closer to appreciate nature. All of a sudden it was amazing. You know, I, I mean, I, you know, my, this house, I go back and forth all the time. I've been here for 40, 40 plus years, but now I was here every single day. You know, I saw the little flower coming day after day, not weeks after weeks. And so we all got much closer to nature and that's good. 
And when I say nature is also how you grow nature, how you cook, you know, just, just the nature, the side of nature. And the other thing is that it accelerated us uh, by five to 10 years to the virtual world. I mean, you know, and I personally love technology. I love nature and I love technology because with technology, I can talk to you, you could look at me, I can look at you, I can read anything, I can study anything, I can find, I mean, it's just amazing. The access is amazing. So those are the things. Now, how will people work? Will they go back to work? Some will and some will not. Some will do different things and this and that. Uh, how will we dress? Yes, I think that we will, I mean, if we go to parties again, which I'm sure we will, of course we will want to wear a party dress. Of course we, you know, weddings and things like that. But I think uh, we will go more for what I, what I actually designed, which is the best friend in your closet, right? That I always claim that that's what we design is the best friend in the closet. You know, you buy all these new things and then you have to go somewhere and we all go through that we change 12 times and then you go back to your best friend, right? And I like mm -hmm. to think that that's what we do. So we ourselves at DDF, we went, it was an opportunity for me to force everybody to go back to the core, you know, go back to the core and go back to the fabric you feel, to the shapes you know, the, to, the, to all of that. And then of course, you know, because you do want to change sometimes, you know, you're in different mood, it's sunny, it's not sunny, it's this and that. So that's when colors come in, in consideration. That's when prints come in consideration. So I think that I always create, I hope that to think that I create collectibles because my, my clothes, always were circular, even before anyone mm -hmm. talked about this circular fashion. If you go to a vintage store, you may find a DVF dress that's 40 years old, that has already had three lives, that has already been in a vintage shop maybe twice, right? And it's still in great condition. And it's still, it is still and it's the same price as ever, you know, it's not any less. So that uh, is something that I'm very proud of. And I think that that factor is probably more relevant than ever. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I know that I'm gonna be putting myself in things that make me feel like I've got a best friend because I miss my friends. And I do miss some of my clothes. Some of my clothes are friends. I miss them. Diane von Furstenberg, the book is Own It, The Secret to Life. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this morning. I, I feel I feel better. <laughs> Me too. Thank, thank you. Wonderful. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. Stay safe. Bye. Stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Signal Boost Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more news. <laughs>